another episode of the Bishy P podcast. Um, we're delighted to be joined by uh, Strathclyde Sirens captain Gia Abernethy. Gia, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love um, the way you guys pronounce Abernethy, the rolling up of the R's and all that. It always sounds better coming out of you guys' mouth. Brilliant. Um, we're also joined by a wonderful colleague, Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson, Hello. how are you doing after the first day outside again? Oh, lovely. It's brilliant getting rained and getting absolutely soaking all day, every day. Love it. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and we're also joined by Active School Sport Captain and Keen Netballer, Amy Donaldson. Amy, how are you doing, pal? I'm good, how are you? Smashing, absolutely brilliant. Um, see, just to make you feel a wee bit kind of cultured, I've went to the extent of bringing a wee <laughs> hat, right? And I've also, wait a minute, I'll show you this, a cracker. Oh my goodness. Right? I'm getting the Australian football top, what about that, you have too. You, oh God, probably see more of them over here than I have back home. But those hats are, <laughs> sure, they're meant to keep the flies away, I think. But I don't know how the corks are meant to help that. And I've got my Byron Bay sort of as well. Just trying to make you feel a wee bit more at home. <laughs> really well done. Anyway, one of the questions, Jack. Tell us a little bit about your school career. Um, I don't know if it's a wee bit different than what I see in Scotland, but kind of, did you stay on to four, five, and six year or the equivalent to it? Yeah, I had no idea that was a possibility over here for you guys until literally last week they were talking about it um, at training about whether you go on or not. So we don't really have that option unless you're a super genius and you can go to university early. So pretty much everyone I know finishes all the way through. We call it year 12 but i think you guys call it s6 yeah, so just yeah. the final year um so yeah no i was a i was at high school all the way through to year 12 um and then went to university the next year so yeah wrote the whole thing out um with all my powers which was good um but yeah no definitely love that possibility that everyone over here if they're if they're ready to move on to that next step there's that that option so all good stuff was it any particular favorite subjects that you had yeah, I was a, I mean, I loved PE, obviously, because you got to go outside. In year 12 for PE, we did self-defense, squash, and kayaking. So I tried to pick three sports that everyone will be on the same, you know, playing field for in terms of ability. Self-defense? Um, yeah, so we had to, you had to do an independent individual sport. So we got a guy to come in and, and they taught, taught self-defense. And because I went to an all-girls um, school, we loved it. We were, you know, getting all the moves out. So um, definitely PE fan, but then the maths and science were were more my specialty. I'm not too creative or arty, so I kind of veered away from those sorts of subjects myself. As, see, obviously Australia is known for the, the sport setup. Is it quite a, a, a sport orientated at school? Sometimes it depends. So our school was a massive rowing school. We actually had a, a coach from over the UK come over just to be the head of the rowing department. So our school was a big rowing school. Um, you know, you have your AFL specialised schools and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny how competitive high school sports gets within the sort of um, you know varying groups that you're involved in. So a great rivalry amongst others. I tell you, AFL's like aerial ping pong, isn't it? 
<laughs> I know, but even sometimes when I watch it, you know, there's a free kick given away. I wouldn't know how to explain that to someone else if they'd never seen it before because it doesn't always make sense. But, no, we love it. The fact that that season was able to still go on with COVID back home, yeah, we loved watching it from over here, which was great. Maxwell Johnson, I think you'll get the next oh, no, Amy, you'll get the next question, Paul. Um, when you were at school, college or university, did you have any part-time jobs? And if you did, did you feel that they helped you develop skills that helped you in your career? Yeah, I my parents were huge believers in um, at least getting you to do something, even if it's not earning any money, just doing something other than school and sport. So they were quite um, supportive that school took priority number one and sport took priority number two. Um, social life became number four because that number three was definitely getting, you know, doing some hours and earning something myself. So um, really small part-time jobs, maybe one shift a week, if that. I didn't have a lot of free nights because of the amount of training I was doing. Um, but I think it was really good to get into that habit of actually having a responsibility to a company or a business um, other than the ones you were getting forced to go to like school. So didn't have a whole lot of time to work just because of netball. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, a, a glassy for about six months just because that's all I could get. And then I got an admin job at a physiotherapy clinic. So not a lot of work, but definitely encouraged to by mum and dad. Amy, you need to take that on board with your application for farm foods, don't you? Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> It's so hard. Ah, you'll be fine. Michael Johnson, over to you. Gia, could you just tell us a wee bit about your journey into netball then? Please, just how you get into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, played, started when I was probably about uh, eight in primary school. You know, you kind of just join sports because netball is one of those things you do in primary school in Australia. It's not as common over here. Um, when you're little, so I was doing it then. Joined club netball when I was probably 12 years old um, and then was playing with Contacts Netball Club as well as high school and then sort of got in that elite pathway um, around about, you know, 15, 16 where you get, where you get recognised. So um, a bit of a different journey to others that I was playing with in terms of they sort of got into the Australian teams and then kept progressing up. Um, but my journey was a little bit different in regards that it brought me over here to Glasgow, which I'm very fortunate, grateful, thankful for um, because the, the challenges and, and the opportunities that I've been presented with living away from home in another country, uh, yeah, far, far outweigh what I would have been presented with back home. So um, although not the most direct pathway compared to some of my powers that I played with back home. Um, I much prefer this one because I've experienced so many more things that they haven't been able to just from being over here in the UK, which is great. Brilliant. And is it, so is it like a scouting system then that would, would happen? So would maybe a coach from a, a national team or a, an elite team come and watch some of the, the school games and then pick out players that they felt were maybe ready for that jump up in level? It, it was a... So there were an underage state team you could apply for, trial for, um, that they sort of had them under 13s, under 15s, all the way up to open. So I was sort of in and out of those teams um, growing up and then you can get just identified um, to go and train with the Institute. Um, so then I was sort of in the Institute program or when I was about oh, maybe 14, 15. Um, I just sort of got into that daily training environment through them. The 
sirens though that scouting process was a funny one the sirens were going to new zealand for this two-week uh sirens slash thistles international um i guess playing opportunities and they couldn't fly their whole team to new zealand for some reason just because it was short notice so the coach kind of just said who knows people from australia and new zealand who would just you know want to fly over and and fill in numbers for us because we need a team. So I knew a few people in the Thistles uh, squad, the national team, and I was you know, straight away like, yeah, 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 I'll take my own flights, whatever it takes. I want to get over there and play and get that exposure. So flew over there, played the um, competition for that week. I think the, we were flying home on a Sunday, and that Wednesday, the coach was like, so uh, you play for us next year. We can offer you a contract. We just need a note by the end of the week. And I'm thinking... Yeah, 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 I don't need to think about this, definitely. So that was in New Zealand in September, and I reckon I booked my visa and got all that sorted within two weeks, and I was in Glasgow about a month later. So a bit of a whirlwind, but I'm so happy I went over to New Zealand and played in that week. Not knowing what was going to come of it, but if the possibility of getting over here was on the line, I was, yeah, jumping on it. I'm in the PE base. If you don't move about in here, the lights go off. Just in case you thought it was like a power cut. She <laughs> just on that, Gia. Was it more of a case like just saying yes to any opportunity? Like, obviously, something that came about. Yeah, um, so the Adelaide Thunderbirds were the Suncorp team. Um, they still are sort of in my hometown, and I was in and out of them, uh, the, the playing tennis sort of a training partner and then a replacement player with injuries. And I was always that training partner just getting a go, um, you know, based on form or injuries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to the age of about, oh, I think it was 24, which is so young in terms of netball careers, but I was just sick of being a training partner and not knowing if I was going to get to travel with the team or if I'm just going to be training with them full time. So I was looking for opportunities anywhere if it meant, you know, being involved in, I think England had just won the gold medal at Com Games. So the amount of talent that was over here in this competition was growing. Um, so England was, and the UK in general, was just on my radar for opportunities. Um, yeah, I, as much as, you know, the unknowns of what if I leave and then someone gets injured and there was a spot for me, I was, I just spoke to a few mentors and they just said, you can't think about that because what if you stay and no opportunity presents? And you said no to this chance. So, yeah, a little bit of just whatever people are offering, I'll take. Um, but at the same time, kind of just, you know, kicking myself a little bit to just say, just take whatever comes your way. So, yeah, really happy I, I made that decision because it led me here. Uh-huh. Uh, Amy, back to you. Um, what is the best part about being involved with netball? The team aspect, for sure. I think I did athletics when I was little. Um, and maybe two weeks of tennis lessons and just individual sports were not for me. So, um, yeah, the memories, the laughs, the, the powers and just like the little moments you have with your friends, um, definitely the, the draw card for netball. We're training every day, so we see the same girls every day. They end up pretty quickly becoming your best mates. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely, definitely the team aspect and the friends you get out of the netball is the big draw card. Marcel Johnson? So you told us a wee bit about your journey into netball. Could you tell us a wee bit about your journey in terms of your professional career so far? Yeah, so professional career, like I said, the Institute um, 
in South Australia where I'm from is kind of the well, you know, when you're still in high school and whatnot, you go there to learn that daily training environment. Um, and then I got picked up by the Thunderbirds. Um, what was it? 2014, I think that preseason, I was sort of was involved with them and it was just, you know, training with the best of the best, which was quite an eye opener, but I realized what level of effort I had to put in to train with them. Um, and then there was an injury. So I ended up traveling for about 12 weeks that year. Um, didn't get any core time as a, you know, I didn't expect any, but was actually traveling with the team, peaked each week because of the, the spot, which was great. Uh, funnily enough, the week the injured girl got better, I obviously went back to my club level um, and I ended up tearing my ACL like a couple of weeks later. So my year was just going, you know, professional career was incredible. I'm playing with the team, the local team traveling and then to do my ACL and have to have, you know, X amount of months off was devastating. I have to ask it. He keeps, he keeps. We speak to our, our senior kids a lot about different types of training. Like what's your training regime like? Kind of how often do you get to train? Really, uh, lockdown was a bit of a funny one um, with that question. So I'll answer it pre-lockdown when everything was sort of normal. We were in the gym three times a week, lifting weights. Um, so important at our level with the amount of court work we're doing to sort of have that base of strength in your quads, glutes, hammies, calves, all that sort of stuff. Um, and your core as well, with the one that everyone forgets, not not the six pack, but the one underneath that, that's that stabilizer. Um, they're huge in netball just for injury prevention and, and speed and whatnot. So strength is a massive part of our training. Um, in the pre-season, a lot of conditioning, so just getting that early base solid, like not the fun stuff. It's just the hard sessions by yourself. Just go, go, go to really push your limits. Um, so a fair chunk of conditioning in pre-season. And then when the season starts, obviously that conditioning tapers off and you go into your court sessions. Um, a huge load through ankles, hips, knees and whatnot so we do about two core sessions a week that are our main ones they're those two hour blocks and then if we can for us lucky ones that don't have to have an adult job nine to five we can do little technicals here and there just hour sessions one off um you know just really focusing on technique and finesse so yeah big mix of court sessions speed sessions conditioning strength and then obviously we've got our matches on the weekends um with a day off the day after, which is nice. Usually it's spent travelling in a bus home or on the plane. Um, but, yeah, it's nice that we get that one day off after a match just to recover and, and get your body right. Can you see your Is that a lot of functional stuff then? Is it like squatting and lunging? Yeah, the... Exercise. The strength, so the strength sessions we do, a lot of squatting, hang cleans, split squats. Right. Um, like single leg, single leg strength is massive just because if you can have that control, um, very rarely we land with two legs, we're usually landing with one. So, yeah, that's sort of the huge focus of the lower body. Um, and then obviously upper body, just bench, press, chins, um, yeah. push up, and yeah, all that sort of global strength, if that makes sense. It's it's not like kayaking where you just need huge arms or... Yeah. 
cycling like where your legs are the powerhouse we kind of have to work on everything which is which is good it keeps it keeps it interesting is there still a leaderboard i'm sure somebody <laughs> told us there was a leaderboard at the gym in the emirates yeah yeah they've got it up in the boarding there's like a few key exercises and then there's the first place second place third place um yeah. Netballers, unfortunately, we're not up there a whole lot because we're, I like to say, we're good at, we're consistently good at all of the things, whereas, you know, you've got your cyclist that can just obliterate the assault bike, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, there's a few up there, but Lindsay Gallagher, there's not even a thing for split squad. She's unbelievable at it that in the special notes down the bottom on the leaderboard, there's just a Lindsay Gallagher and her personal record just because it's so impressive. So we've wiggled our way on. But, um, yeah, like I said, I, I tell, tell myself netballers are just consistently good at everything and we're not peaking at, at one thing in particular. How do you find the balance between work and then obviously training? Back home, I was, so I'm a physiotherapist, um, finished my career back home, so I was sort of had a very fortunate position where my boss back home um, was involved with the Thunderbirds too, so she completely understood the training load that I was doing and the potential to travel and all that sort of stuff, so um, very flexible with my hours, very, um, yeah, just fortunate to have that support. Over here, it's too tricky with the two visas to do any physio work. So I'm just doing some admin work up in the Neville Scotland office, um, which, again, just quite casual and, and quite flexible with, with whatever the week involves. So, yeah, I know it's not like that for everybody to have a boss that 100% supports training coming first rather than my career. Um, but I was very, very lucky to have them there. It's, it's one of those things back home of, not what you know, who you know, because she definitely came and, and had my back um, with that sort of private practice work. So very appreciative. <laughs> Amy, what about you? Um, do you have any mental preparation perhaps the night before or in the change room to get you ready for a match? Oh, so, so a few people have some superstitions. I try and veer away from superstitions just because I think if something goes wrong and I can't do that, you know, if I just don't have any superstitions, then nothing can go wrong. Um, but I, because netball is a winter sport, I get quite pale. So one thing I do most weekends is I fake tan before a match just because <laughs> the colour of my skin in a netball dress when we're playing on court in the middle of the winter is an ideal. So, yeah, I have the motto, look good, feel good, play good. So if I'm fake tanned before a match, I'm... Um, yeah, I'm good. Whatever, whatever can happen as a as a pre pre game warm up, and I'm all good. Mister <laughs> McHugh said he does have his pre po like podcast <laughs> to get himself ready. He wipes his teeth and he does his stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see if I get dentist. Ah, you're right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, not watching, not watching, not watching the highlight before I jump on. <laughs> <laughs> Gia, obviously you've been in Scotland now for three years, I think it is. Uh, yeah. What's that experience been like, sort of different culture, living away from home? To be honest, that trip to New Zealand that I told you about when I met everyone, I could not understand a word people were saying. Right? I felt so stupid having to think, 
they're both speaking English here, but I can't understand you. Um, so that was a huge sort of shift that I had to just, you know, really pay attention to conversations I was having. But, you know, a month, month in and I was all good. We had an Australian come over last year for the season and she was confused. And I was like the translator because I knew exactly what people were saying. I was picking up on everything. So um, the accents were a great surprise. The Glaswegians are lovely. I'm living in the city centre um, at the moment. And the first things, you know, you go to a cafe and they treat you like your family friends. So I've definitely noticed that as well. Um, you're very clear out as well. I've made sure I throw myself into as many different meals that I can. You know, love haggis when it's with other things. Black pudding, I'm definitely trying more and more to include whenever it's on the menu just because. Um, and I'm trying to sort of see as much of Scotland as I can because it is so beautiful over here. There's so much more than just Glasgow. Um, so I'm trying to make sure I, I tick up as many places as I can while I'm over here. So, no, I, I've tried to throw myself into it as much as I can and I'm loving it so far. What's your, uh, your favourite Scottish words or phrases? Uh, I didn't realise how often you guys say we. Like, he's a wee soul or, you know, it's in almost every sentence that I hear. Can he? Instead of can't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I started saying that. Um, oofed. You guys say oofed a lot. <laughs> when you're shot, I so sometimes I'm on the phone back home and the family are like, <laughs> yes. but that's but I can't roll my R's so I wish I could repeat more and more phrases but they're not as funny when I try them but yeah canny and oft are brilliant I love them so you're current captain of the sirens what do you think makes an effective leader something I try and make sure happens whenever I'm at training, whether I'm a captain or not, is just to lead by example, just action, 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 action. So how can I ask people to do something of a certain standard on or off the court if I'm not actually doing it myself? So, yeah, huge believer in if you want a standard set, start, you know, being the exact role model that's that's demonstrating that standard. So, um, yeah, lead by example, huge voice. It's... <laughs> Yeah, not the type of captain to go and go away and do all the, you know, huge team building exercises and all the organisational things. Um, we've got a leadership team to help with that. But yeah, when you're at training, lead by example and just behave exactly how you expect the rest of the team to behave for sure. Are you in charge of the, are you in charge of the tunes the day, before, day of the match? In charge of the music? I wish. My music is sprayed every time I start playing it. I love hip-hop, R&B, rap, and it's just, I mean, I've got maybe one other fan in the team that enjoys my music. So, no, I'm unfortunately not on tunes, but um, Bethan Goodwin, she does music. It's a good mix of everything. Got your ABBA, your old school 80s are thrown in there, but then, you know, all these TikTok songs that people are obsessed with. So, good mix of everything from Bethan, which we love. Super. Amy, I think you'll get the next question. Um, what advice would you give to any young aspiring netballers or the youth of today? Probably one thing I wish got reiterated over and over and over again to me is that if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. 
it's meant to be hard. That's why it's worth it. So, you know, and you get told you're not in a team or you get a setback or you come home from a week, you think, I'm just not cut out for this. It's remind yourself being involved in netball and trying to achieve your goals. It's meant to be really, really difficult. If it was easy, it wouldn't be that, you know, it wouldn't be a dream. So, yeah, any of those weeks where it's really hard, it's meant to be hard. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. That's probably my advice. Good message. Right. Before before my internet goes, we're on to the last question here. <laughs> right. So we'll get we'll get cracking on to that. We're looking for your five dinner guests. Okay. Any any Dead and alive, like dead dead and alive. We belters we're looking for. <laughs> okay. Probably I'm I'm a huge LeBron James fan, but I'm gonna go Kobe just because since he has passed away earlier this year, the amount of stories that people are sharing about him and um, all the stuff that the media had no idea about that probably only come to light because he's passed away, they've been like brilliant to listen to. So um, definitely Kobe Bryant I'd have at the table for sure. Uh, Serena Williams because, I mean, when you win that many grand slams compared to any other tennis player, you, you're going to have some sort of behavioural traits that, that are a recipe to success. So Serena Williams will be in there. Um, uh, I want to go Jay-Z because I love, well, I love him and Kanye, but I feel like Kanye at dinner, mm. you don't know what Kanye you're going to get. So we'll go Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. One. Um, oh, I'm a huge reader, which is, I don't know how all these guests are going to go together, but I'll go an author called Malcolm Gladwell, who's just written a few smart-thinking novels that have just stuck with me over the years. So he'll go in that. I don't know who'll go with these three, but he'll sit at the table. Um, and then I need a fifth one. This is so tricky when you've only got five, because then you think... That's where your homework ones you're missing out on. That's where meant to be your homework. Um, well, Trevor. I said that's where meant to be your homework. I know. We'll go, um, we'll do Chuck LeBron on as well, just because I feel like him and Kobe can tell me some stories from, you know, Olympic teams and whatnot, and he's reigning pretty much all of American sports at the moment for everyone, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'll you know I'll get off this call and I'll think of the actual five different ones I wish I said. But for now, they're who I go with. Beyonce might be on the list just because she comes along with Jay Z as a package, but we'll stick with it. <laughs> well, um, just before I start, I've just got a question. Are you still with me? Can you still hear me? I. Shall we come back? Can you hear me still? I lost them again. What about now? You're on. Uh, what about now? Can you hear me clear? Yeah. Right. What's next for Gia Abernethy? I mean, a season would be lovely. I feel like we got robbed of that this year. So, yeah, honestly, after having it off, what's next is just next year. I feel like you can't plan too far ahead at the moment with, with COVID. So, um, starting dates meant to be Feb. Everything's going to plan at the moment so what's next is just getting on court and actually having a season 
um, which is why I'm over here. I'm over here to play netball, so to have that part of my life taken away hurt. So, yeah, just 2021 signs playing. Yeah, get me a season and I'll be a happy girl. <laughs> get me a happy girl. <laughs> I said, Gia, thank you so much, and I honestly, I can't apologise enough for the poor enough internet connection. <laughs> my apologies. Um, thank and you. On cue, Thank you once again to Mr. Johnson. Uh, appreciate it, and Amy Donaldson. Uh, you can catch this episode and others on our uh, YouTube page and on our Twitter at Bishoppe. Hopefully, that didn't break up there. Perfect. Thanks, guys, for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.